You are listening to Word Up, a place where we share our stories because who we are matters. Thank you for joining me on the very first podcast of Word Up. My name is Erin Buckman, and I am the Indigenous coach for DSB1 and the proud host of this podcast. Before we begin our very first episode, I'll explain how the podcast came to be. As a school board, we've embraced the circle of courage. Among its many teachings is a focus on generosity, an idea that as we learn and develop skills as individuals, we also become responsible to share this with everyone in our circle. Indigenous communities have always known this. For example, if you're a young hunter, your responsibility is to share your meat with the elders in your community. This is the spirit of generosity, a fundamental understanding that you have a responsibility to share your skill, your knowledge, your empathy, and your story with others. So this podcast is an opportunity to honor that, especially now when we aren't face-to-face. It is a way for us to be with each other and talk and laugh and connect because who we are matters. So thank you for joining me in this. I look forward to learning and growing with you. On today's episode, we are starting in the center of our circle by talking with students. It is their experiences, ideas, and voice that will always guide us in what we do. Welcome to the very first podcast of Word Up. I'm very excited to be joined by some incredible guests today. Before I begin firing off questions, I'm wondering if you guys could take a minute and introduce yourselves. Miigwech Erin. Uh, hi everyone, my name is Lisa Annitz. I am the proud Indigenous system lead for DSB1, also the proud vice principal of Timmins High and Vocational School this year. Um, I am from Attawapiskat First Nation, born and raised on the beautiful island of Moose Factory, Ontario. Um, very excited to be here. Um, so my name is Caitlin Julian. I'm a member from Metachewan First Nation. Um, and I was the Indigenous student trustee for DSB1 last year, and I handed my position over to Jamal this year. Hi there. Um, my name is Jamal Ganyo. I am a member of Tequitegamo First Nation, and I proudly hold the Indigenous student trustee position for DSB1. Thank you. One of the reasons I wanted to start with you guys was that I saw it as a way to honor the circle of courage. And if you look at the circle of courage and you start in the east with the circle, we start in belonging. And I think that's a really important concept for us to talk about. And I'm wondering if you guys could share with me, what does that mean to you? What does that feeling of belonging mean for you as a student who identifies as Indigenous in schools in DSB1? So for me, just being in high school, um, belonging was a lot of just feeling like I could walk into the high school and just not feel out of place kind of thing. And for me, that was a lot of just getting involved and actually stepping out of my comfort zone and um, saying like, hey, this is something that I'm interested in. This is something that I want to work on. Belonging is something that you think of other people doing in other um, environments making you feel welcome. It's something that you have to do as well. So it's, it's also something, it's some work that you have to put in as well. Um, so the way I look at belonging, like how Caitlin mentioned about like getting out of the comfort zone. And like, initially I did that within DSP one and within a cold secondary Cochran high school. And it was a struggle. I like personally, I feel like I wasn't like looked as an indigenous student or like an Aboriginal student or however you mention it. Um, because I'm mostly like French, like I'm Mitzi. However, um, the school, gave you a sense of belonging and like 
have, having a strong and resilient relationship within um, the school itself made me feel welcomed and made me feel that getting out of my comfort zone was the right thing to do. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um, and Lisa, is there anything you want to add in or, or any question that you would like to ask? To me, belonging feels like I matter and that people will be kind, um, that they will smile at me in the morning when I come into the school, um, that, uh, and that, that I will be heard and, you know, respectful conversations. And so I just think, um, when I hear the word belonging, I just, I try and model that um, with everybody that I encounter every day. And I would hope that students see that and also model that moving forward. Yeah. And I, I'm really reflecting on the the conversation we had with Senator Sinclair last night um, and, and thinking a lot about that sense of hope. Uh, and for me, when I think about belonging, I really feel like it's about students and staff feeling that there's something for them to look forward to, that they, they can contribute uh, and help be a part of the whole. So um, I, I just can't stop thinking about a lot of the words that he shared. But what would a perfect day of school look like for you? So if you could design kind of a perfect school day, how would that, how would that look? So a perfect day at school for me. Um, so initially in grade like nine and 10, I wasn't in the best state. I was very, um, I had issues with my self-esteem. I um, was I wasn't getting involved as much as I am now. So speaking as a senior and as an Indigenous student trustee, I think that a perfect day at school for me is getting up in the morning, um, being thankful that we still like I'm still here, and um, walking into school, having teachers welcome you. And um, feeling a sense of belonging. Thank you so much for your honesty too. And and I'm just before we move on to Caitlin, <laughs> I'm just wondering what what do you think it was that really helped you? If you're saying your grade nine and ten years were difficult, how how did that change happen for you? So um, first, like um, in grade ten, I attended my first sweat lodge with my grandfather, Howard Archibald, and he had helped me like get through this um, hard state and having his guidance to doing, like to getting through success. And his, I'd always remember his, um, his words of wisdom is, education is key to success. And I think those words inspired me to get up and to realize that life is precious and don't take it for granted. And make yourself significant. And my goal is to make myself significant like my grandfather. I'm sure he's very proud. Thank you for sharing that. And Caitlin, what would, what would a perfect day of school look like for you? For me, my perfect day was kind of just having those supports that kind of held me accountable um, and saying like, Hey, you can do this kind of thing. And just showing me like telling me and, um, showing me what they saw in me that I didn't always see in myself kind of thing. Um, I think that was a huge important part of my high school experience that really brought me to who I am today. Is there anything else that you would like to add Lisa from, from your lens? Um, <clears throat> well, from my lens, the perfect day of school 
is again, welcoming, um, you know, that sense of belonging and just being happy to see kids. Um, you know, again, the perfect day, perfect day for, of school for me would involve some, a little bit of ownership around the day in terms of how it's structured or the content, student voice, as a student, how much, how much do I have, how much can I contribute? Am I allowed to contribute to how the day should look? Again, that shared model of what the day could look like. Um, usually it comes from uh, just the teacher, but if there's some shared ownership about how the day could look like, I think um, many days would be perfect. Fantastic. Um, and, and so I'm going to move into a little bit of a heavier question, heavier conversation for us. Um, and I'm just wondering, so we're talking about what the perfect day could look like. If you had the power to change something in our education system, what would that be? I would change the structure of credits and how it is, how each individual student, what they need for graduation requirements. It would be great to see a model where the graduation, the requirements are based on strengths and interests for students coming into grade nine um, and tailor education to meet their strengths and interests. Um, For example, if I was a 14-year-old young male and I knew that I wanted to be a welder, I'm really struggling getting through uh, some of the compulsories in grade nine and 10. And I think that that deters me from coming to school and being interested in school and I might exhibit some behaviors. Um, I think if we could overhaul the system, we would do almost a drop down menu of courses based on uh, student strengths and interests and keeping in mind special education needs as well. Student, that would be perfection. Caitlin, what about you? If you could change one thing. I think I like super agree with Lisa on that. Cause I'm currently working with um, a couple students at my job Um, I work in a daycare right now, but outside of that, I'm tutoring students that are in like grade nine, grade 10, and I'm helping them to like graduate and work towards graduating and stuff like that. And just seeing them struggle, just the motivation to do their schoolwork. It seems overwhelming right now. Um, but if you're able to like, be like, okay, you, you don't have as much as everyone else, it might make it a little bit more manageable for them. Um, so I agree with that one a lot. Thank you. Uh, my, my next question is if we experience some of our greatest growth from failure, why do you think that students are so afraid to fail? We know as, as educators, we know that students are afraid of taking those risks because they're afraid of failure. And actually this is, I should have answered my own question before, but for me, if I could change one thing about the education system, um, I would remove marks. I would love to have just a pass fail. Um, so whether or not you've, you've achieved a certain standard, you've met the expectations or not, that would be my, my dream, uh, because I feel like the, the marks put so much pressure on students and, and on teachers, to be honest. And I think allowing a little bit more freedom so that it wasn't such a competitive environment, that would be something I'd like to see. But, in thinking about that now, why is it that students are so afraid of failure? And I don't just mean failure from a course. I mean, uh, uh, afraid of trying uh, something new or doing something differently. Can I answer that, Erin? Um, if I think about that question, why are students so afraid to fail? 
I really think it, it ties into students. If you don't know where you're from, you don't know where you're going. And I really, really believe that all many of our students still don't know where they're from. And I, and I mean that on different levels, but that, that identity connection, that identity piece, um, deep down, really knowing who you are. And it was one of the points that Senator Sinclair touched on last night, but not knowing where you come from, um, you know, you don't know where you're going. And I, again, I just, I, I am the older I get, the more, and the more I work with students, I just, you know, that sense of identity and connecting with culture, that's what's going to make it. That's what's going to get us ahead. That's what's going to give students the confidence to take risks, um, to do new things, to not shy away from leadership positions or voicing a concern in a school, in a class, if they feel they're being wronged. Right now we have students that are terrified of teachers. They won't. And, for, and, and awesome teachers, fantastic teachers, teachers that go the extra mile for kids all the time. But kids, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't talk to them. And it's like, holy moly, (laughs) Um, you know, and great that we have ISAs and support people in place to help our kids. But I always come around to the, to that piece of uh, that identity piece. And I just, we have, we have a lot of work to do in that area. Uh, I agree. Uh, I always think things are rooted in identity and rooted in that, that confidence and that feeling of, of worth. Uh, and feeling, yeah, feeling like you, you are contributing, that you are valued. Uh, what about you guys, Caitlin Jamal? What do you think it is that holds some of, some of your peers back or what held you back in the past? For me, like I didn't want to fail a class. Um, my sister had failed classes. My mom had failed classes and I just, I didn't want it. But for most of my classes, like drama and Aboriginal studies and art classes and stuff like that, like I was really passionate about it. So I, I cared a lot about it. So I think it also just depends on if you're passionate about it or not. Um, okay. So um, like speaking um, like in a perspective of me being in grade 10, um, like I had so, uh, low self-esteem and all that. And I think um, stu- like students, like I was afraid to f- uh, fail, not only because of like suffering from like feelings of anxiety, but like I, I had that feeling, I had that feeling I didn't like, but like now I'm okay. Um, but like I experienced a constant struggle from like stress and the fear of failure due to like the pressure from the school, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no. And I think you're, you're not alone. I think that, um, that pressure and that stress is, is very real for a lot of our students. And some of it's positive. I mean, learning to, to navigate those feelings, um, isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I, I think you're right that, uh, that a lot of students do feel added pressure. My last question is for you to think about grade nine students. So you can think about yourself in grade nine, or you can think about the students, you know, who are in grade nine. And what's one piece of advice that you would give to students who are entering? I would say like, to just keep pushing yourself. Like there's going to be days that are hard. Um, and those are the days where you have to kind of just push through it the most and keep going. Taking a break doesn't always mean that you're, you're having like you're, you're weak, right? Like 
there's so many times where you're going to have to just go take 10 minutes and cry your little heart out and (laughs) scream it out and just say, yeah, this life sucks, but you got to pick yourself back up and go back at whatever you were doing and then just keep on going. And at the end of the day, you just got to be like, Kate, tomorrow's a fresh start. Um, My piece of advice for a grade nine student is accept the words of wisdom from your peers, your family, um, your elders. And well, my mom, when like when I first my first day of grade nine, um, I was going from a 100 student school alien right to like a bigger school. And um, I my first day, I'm not going to lie, I did cry and um, I called my mom and I said, Mom, I can't do this. I hate it here. And it this may not be like the words of advice you'd want, but like it kind of helped me. The word the exact words my mom said were, Well, get used to it. You need education. And she she hung up on me. And uh and then I continued on with my day and I and I I was reluctant on that. I I did what she said and look where I am now and I thank her for that. Oh, I love that story. <laughs> I love that story. I I want to meet your mom. I love that. <laughs> and Lisa, piece of advice for grade nines. Piece of advice for grade nines: put the phone away. Um, really investigate what cell phones do to your growing brain and your and your sleep patterns and that um connect with real people spend time outside play games play sports we're still kids um we all want to be active and, and have fun outside and there's nothing wrong with that um don't be in a rush to to grow up too quickly um but do you know find something that you enjoy doing and do it every single day preferably with not a phone um preferably something physical outside but we got to put the phones away we have to connect with each other and spend time with each other face to face um that's my piece of advice for grade nines today I want to thank you guys so much for joining me in this conversation so thinking of our listeners we're setting them up for a fantastic weekend I would like, I'm going to ask each of you to give me something that you think we should share with others. So if I said to you, Lisa, what's one book you recommend everybody read? From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle. Awesome. Caitlin, what's one song you think we should all listen to or a band? Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells. Perfect. <laughs> and, and Jamal, what is one uh, food that you think we should all have this weekend? Um, I don't know. Pizza. Pizza. Perfect. Perfect. Recipe for a great weekend. I'm eating pizza, reading from the ashes and listening to Jingle Bells. So thank you guys so much. Uh, Truly appreciate it. And I hope you have a fantastic day. That was episode one of our new podcast. I'd like to thank Caitlin Julian, Jamal Gagno and Lisa Innes for their honesty and time today. I'd also really like to thank the artist William Prince for allowing us to use his music in this podcast. Join us next week when Mr. Power and his student Abby from Timmins High help me to interview the award-winning and inspirational author of From the Ashes, Jesse Thistle. Until then, fists down, but word up.